0: been a bad boy in my lifetime, but now I'm trying to be righteous in the Lord's eyes. Welcome to episode 4 of After God's Own Heart Podcast It's your boy Ire T, Ire Trills um, Pegasus, no I'm joking Irei uh, is fine And how you doing? Um, Welcome to episode 4 If you haven't already Tune into episode 3 Where we looked at what's more important Between serving God Or spending time with him And we looked at the story of Martha, Mary and Jesus in the Bible And we came to the conclusion That, I won't tell the conclusion I Check it out, episode 3 um, For those who are listening for the first time The whole concept of this podcast is We're looking at, in a very funny way We're looking at the interactions between Different Bible characters uh, So that we can use them Those relationships and those Interactions As a model or a, br- or a blueprint For our modern day relationships With people yeah, so that's the concept of After God's Own Heart Podcast. So again, thanks for all the reviews. Thanks for those um, sharing. Keep sharing, keep, keep subscribing. Really appreciate it. And it's good to see um, God's word impacting other people. So today we're going to be looking at, you know, why is it sometimes God feels distant? Why is it we don't feel good sometimes? Why is it? sometimes it feels like he's not listening to us or he's not around or that he's deserted us. Um, so I'm going to give three reasons as, as to why. Um, and, you know, this is part of our series. You know, in episode one, we looked at what it's like to be after God's own heart and what it means for us to be someone who's p- truly after God's own heart. Uh, in episode two, you know, we looked at what God's own heart is like. Right, And in episode 3 we looked at what's better, serving God's heart or just spending time with Him. So episode 4 we're going to look at, okay, let's say we're someone who's trying to get to know the Lord. Or let's say we're someone who's even a proper Bible pamper. You know, you're on fire, you're, you know, fire on a mountain, you're doing that stuff, yeah? You know, um, why is it sometimes God feels distant and away? So this podcast is... You know, for both those who are just beginning the journey, um, or those who are in the middle of the journey or those who are proper palmers. Yeah? For everyone. Or even if you're an atheist. So, again, I can't really describe that in um twenty five minutes, which is what I have. So I'll try to just summarise it in three points and again give some examples in the Bible. As well as my own um Case studies. I know you guys like that, so I'll try to be as transparent as I as I have been. Okay, cool. So for me, there's three reasons why God tends to feel distant. Yeah, why God feels far away. One, He's improving your character. Um, you know, people like to say it's testing your faith. Uh, I think that's underneath improving your character, um, and I'll I, and I'll expand. So one, he's improving your character. Two, he's not happy with you or, your, or the current dynamic of your relationship. Uh, you know, we've got some examples in the Bible, like how he was with the Israelites, for example. And three, and this is something which is often spoken about. Um, and three is th- because the enemy is actively working against you and there's a battle going on. Uh, so I won't get into I won't go too deep into the spiritual world for today because that's another topic on its own. Um, but you know we have to face it, the devil, and you know there are pagans out there working out ch- working actively against us, right? Um, you know we're, we're God's chosen people, and there are people and they pagans or you know things out there, you know, um, you know trying to you know run, run up on our block. Uh, so those are those are the three reasons for me, uh, and again, I'll go into more detail now. Okay, so number one, number one, improving your character, right? So first of all, the whole question of why does God feel distant doesn't really make sense, um, because distant isn't a feeling; you can't feel distant. You can think someone is distant based on some of the behaviours or based on your interpretation of events, right? And then based on that thinking, it then causes you feelings of discomfort, of worry or anxiety. So in that particular case, the feeling is worry or unfulfillment or anxiety, right? But, you know, distant isn't a feeling, yeah? So it's very important to, to articulate Clearly and precisely, you know your emotions, right? And that's another topic entirely, uh, which I won't go on to today. So cool. You know, think about your friends. For example, how many times have you had a friend say to you, "Hey, you feel distant," um, but you're like, "You're just doing the same thing, right?" So, you know, you, you know, you're like, well, "You haven't done anything different. You're fine." Um, so in that case, you, you haven't felt, you know, you know, and that's another example as to why feeling distant doesn't make sense. And what that friend should be saying is, "Hey." Um, I think you're being distant because of X, Y, Z, and that feeling is causing me some anxiety and some stress. Yeah, those are feelings of anxiety. That's you know that's a feeling. Distant isn't a feeling. Okay, cool. So why is it people think God is distant? Yeah, and then naturally, of course, that will cause them anxiety and stress. So number one, um, one reason for me why God, uh, I believe, is Why people think that God is distant is because, or should I say, one reason why it appears that God is distant when he's not is because he's improving your character. Right? So, there's plenty of examples in this. Uh, The best example for me is Jesus walking on water. I know people like to use the whole Job example. Or they like to use Joseph, you know, um, how he was in prison and he was neglected. Um, I like, I'll, I'll use um, Jesus walking on water. So let's go to Matthew 14. Um, in Matthew 14, and for context, I'll start from verse 22. But before I go into it, for context, uh, Jesus has just fed the 5,000. Yep. And then there's 12 baskets of leftover broken pieces. Right? okay so in verse 22 it says immediately he which is jesus it says immediately he directed the, the disciples to get into the boat and go ahead of them so and go ahead of him to the other side of the sea of galilee while he sent the crowds away then it says verse 23 after he had dismissed the crowds he went up to the mountain by himself to pray when it was evening he was there alone But the boat by this time was already a long distance from the land, tossed and battered by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, which is roughly between 3 to 6 a.m., Jesus came to them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But immediately he spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. And then in verse 28, Peter replied to him, saying, Lord, if it is really you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. So Peter's now now walking on the water as well, yeah? Um, And then in verse 30, it says, but when he saw the effects of the wind, he was frightened and he began to sink. And he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. You know, imagine how I looked, um when I was, you know, in you know, almost drowning on a jet ski. After falling off the jet ski. That's the Peter equivalent. And then um verse thirty one, it says, Immediately Jesus extended his hand and caught him, saying to him, Oh, you have little faith, why did you doubt? And then when they got into the boat the wind seized. Yeah? Okay, cool. So that's in Matthew what's that, Matthew fourteen. Yeah. So just for context um what's happened here is Jesus has fed the five thousand. He's told the disciples to go on a boat to another part of um, this um, to go to a different part, to go to a different island or to go to a different piece of land. And Jesus says we'll meet up with them later. Um, so the disciples are on a boat in the sea somewhere, and Jesus has just finished praying in a mountain, right? You know he used to often like to go and spend time with the Lord after doing a miracle, right? Um, cool. So Jesus then goes to them and walks to them in water, and he notices, and obviously we notice that, the boat is actually getting battered by the waves, right, so here's an example, and then, you know, here's an example, um, so Jesus told them to go somewhere, and then they now getting battered, and you're probably wondering, why would Jesus send them somewhere, and they're getting battered, um, you know, and that's like, you know, and, you know, it says here that, you know, Jesus, you know, tells Peter, you know, to come out and walk to him, right, so that's an example, you know. Jesus could have just gone to them and made everything easy for them, right? But he let them experience how the um, the, the boat was getting battered by the waves, um, and he told Peter to come out, and you know, so to improve, he told Peter to come out walking walk in the water to prove in faith, to prove Peter's faith and character, and we see that Peter in briefly walks on water, right? So he, Peter's character is Im- is immensely increased because of that experience even though in the end he stumbles um, and has a let's doubt creep in, right you see at the end it says truly you are the son of God and they worshipped him in verse 33 so they got that revelation right that he was the son of God and that's like an example in our everyday lives um, sometimes where we're getting battered and imagine you're in an ocean and you're getting pammed by waves right and it says there uh, Jesus tells you come out of the boat to go to him you know, most people would say Jesus is our saviour. Why doesn't he go to the boat and calm everything down, right? But why would he make it easy? You know, God isn't. God is more interested in your character development than in your comfort, believe it or not, right? And you know, imagine how uncomfortable it was if you're in a boat. And bear in mind, right? These guys are fishermen, yeah? So they can swim, right? So they're terrified because, you know, for them to be this terrified says a lot. It's not like they couldn't swim and they were on a boat in the middle of nowhere. These guys are fishermen, so they can swim proper. And they're still terrified. So their anxiety must have been through the roof. And Jesus is still saying, come and walk on water, come to me. Yeah? And, you know, this is a Matthew and... You know, you're probably wondering, why am I saying this? So if you look at the equivalent, you know the gospel, if you look at the equivalent interaction, which is in Mark 6, right, from verse 45, yeah? So this is Mark 6, verse 45. So this is the equivalent example in a different gospel book, yeah? You know, we just looked at Matthew. If you look at Mark 6, again, it says, um, in Mark 6, verse 47, sorry, it says, Later that night... The boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on the land. So Jesus was on the land, and again the disciples were on a boat in the middle of the lake, right? And it says in verse 48, He saw the disciples straining at their oars, because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out, because they all saw him and were terrified. And then he said immediately. He spoke to them and said, "Take courage! It is I. Don't be afraid." Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died. And the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they, not had, on, for they had not understood about their Yeah, So they were completely amazed. Now, if you look at verse 48, he says he saw them straining, yeah, because the wind was against them, right? And then he went out to them, right? he was about to pass them so he sees they're struggling right and in his own will he wanted to just walk past them and let them continue struggling to get to the other side of the lake and you might think what kind of evil guy what kind of you know how can you someone be so loving um and watch people struggle yeah Um, i mean but again because of your character development you know you know think about going to the gym right you know in the gym you, you know you're going through pain to build yourself up and that's the same way of character development. You're going through pain sometimes to build your character up. So you could argue in this case they could have thought why is Jesus deserting them but we look closely and see that you know as a result of him being quote unquote distant from them or deserting them, Peter walked on water, for example. Briefly, yeah, he walked on water and his faith was improved a lot. It still wasn't at the correct standard, at the standard that God wanted him to be at, but his his faith improved a lot. And they also got the revelation of him being the Son of God. Another part I like about the scripture and why I chose to look at both the Matthew and Mark versions is because if you look at the Mark version, you know, again, it says here that he was supposed to pass them. He was about to pass by them, so he wasn't even supposed to rescue them, because he wanted them to have their own character and their own strength enough to save themselves, right? But when he saw that they couldn't save themselves, he helped them, and that's again, God won't put you, God won't put you for anything that you can't handle. Bear that in mind, yeah. So, if you're in a situation, because there's something in you that can help you deal with that situation. God put something in you that can help you succeed in that particular situation. So if you're in that job and your manager's talking rubbish, their breath smells and they're still pamming you with nonsense, God put you in a situation because you can deal with that. Um so instead of pick instead of choosing to cry, have a look and be like, you know what? What is it about my character that God says is good enough to handle the situation? So again, that's an example of sometimes God feels distant, right? Um, when he's not distant, he's just te- he's just improving your character. You know, a lot of people talk about him trying to test your faith. You know, this is all part of it. Faith is a part of character, right? Um, you know, how many times have you tried to apply for a job and you're not hearing anything? You're not hearing any, you're, not, you're not hearing God, or you're not hearing anything. You're just there. Maybe God's trying to build your 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 um, character of patience, right? Maybe God, you know, maybe God's trying to build your character because if you had that job prematurely, you destroy it. Um, you know, me personally, an example for me is, um, for example, I remember when I finished university in 2015, uh, I spent one year building my own software company, yeah? And then when it became clear to me that that was not going to bang and I needed to keep the lights on, I started applying for graduate jobs, like, um, yeah, graduate jobs are like banks, um, uh, consulting companies. Um, uh, technology companies and I wasn't getting any so this is twenty 26- six. This is 2016, I wasn't getting any and I'm thinking mate, i got serious credentials here you know, people who are less talented than me are getting jobs right, I'm thinking what's going on here and it became clear to me that at that point in time I was very arrogant, uh, my friend will tell you this I was quite someone who used to boss a lot for example, and God was breaking me down to stop having that arrogance there Right? God was breaking me down and saying, cool, you, you know, here I'm going to show you not to keep your security in your worldly possessions. I'm going to show you to keep your security in me. And eventually I got a sick job, which paid more than most of my colleagues were, which, which most of my friends were getting. Uh, but that took a year of being broken down to realise, you know what? God is, in, God is God's, God's in control, not me, you know, um I was getting my sense of confidence from my credentials, from my job, from my uni grades, um, you know, from my intellect, from my mobile apps that I built when God is saying, that's all arrogance. You know, the only reason he had those in the first place is because he gave it to me, yeah? So that's an example of him testing my faith and character. But as a result of being broken in that one year, when that one year was peak, was turmoil. You know, I might have... Um, drank a bit too much in that time as well um but as a result of that my faith in god improved a lot and i got and I really learned how to depend on him and not on my own achievements and that was what required and as a result of that the last four years of working have been incredible yeah so that's an example and, and another example of this is <laughs> seen in an exodus um you know when um pharaoh finally lets the Israelites go. You know, God says, you know, and if you, look, you know they're going to the wilderness, God says that the way through the Philistines was nearer, right? But if the Israel, but then because it would it would involve a lot of war, the Israelites would have been dis um dis despondent and would have run away back to Egypt. So that as a result of that, he takes them around into the wilderness, right? So you know, think about when you're jogging home, uh, you have one shortcut which is quicker, right? And then you have another, and then you have a longer route. So in that case, people ask, why didn't just God take them through the narrow route? Why is it He took them through the wilderness, right? And again, that's because they weren't ready to go through the narrow route. They weren't ready to go through the the, the Philistines, because if they had done that, their character at that point in time was lacking, and so when the war would have come, they would have ran off ran off, and gone I mean back, and, and gone back to Egypt, back to a land of um, slavery and bondage. So God said, God took them through the wilderness. To build up their character and a development, because if you look at it after the forty years of them being in the wilderness, right, they're now really, really strong when it comes to battling, and you can see that with the Amaleks, for example, whereas at the beginning they you know their character was lacking, and war would have destroyed them, whereas forty years later war you know war was easy for them or a lot more. Um, straightforward for them than it would have been if if it went for the Philistines and that's another example that God could have given them the shorter route right but they weren't ready to go through the shorter route and as a result he took them to the longer route yeah so that's number one he's improving your character okay cool so number two him not being happy with your relationship with your current dynamic so what's your current dynamic of your relationship with God Um, is there some repenting you need to do um you know for example you know we look at we look at soul right you know god told soul to do a commandment right and Saul soul didn't do it right i won't go into the details i don't want to pan you babble uh, and, and god told Saul um to do something god told soul to do x and then soul decided to do y in his arrogance and then when and then when he got when he got um Told by the prophet Samuel, Saul didn't repent, and then we see that it says here that the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Right, so it says that uh, you know God's spirit left Saul. Um, and you know, let's be honest. Sometimes God feels distant because our relationship with Him isn't the best. We um, give you examples, right? If you're disobeying, if you're disobeying your friend all the time, right? If you're disobeying your friend all the time, or you're annoying your friend all the time, your friend's not going to be happy with you, and over time, they're going to feel distant. You know, if, if I keep doing something to someone, knowing that they don't like it, and I keep doing it, I mean, they're going to burn my bridge. Right? They're going to burn my bridge. Likewise with God, you know. If you keep constantly disobeying him, constantly making him happy, and again, and you don't repent... Then you know you probably you still go heaven because you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, right? But in terms of being able to walk with Him day by day on Earth, right? Uh, you know there's some, there's some question marks there. Is he going to be happy with that is he happy with that current with that with that, with that relationship dynamic? You know, um, again, God has feelings. Uh, think about your boyfriend or girlfriend, right? Um, if they keep if they keep pressing your buttons, they keep pamming you. <laughs> And they don't repent, obviously we're all gonna fall short, right? But they keep pamming you and then they don't repent, right? You're not gonna be happy that you're not gonna be happy that relationship dynamic. You might even stay over at your girl's house, maybe. Um or for the man them you might decide, you know what, babes, I don't wanna see you today. And then over time they're gonna think, you know what, this guy girl, or this girl is being distant, right? And that's because you know, they're not doing what's required of them to keep the relationship dynamic great. Um you know, I mentioned before, are you after God's presence or presence as in are you after God just to know who he is? Or are you have to go to you know, for because of what you can benefit from him. If you're not someone who's consistently, you know, pamming God with requests, but you're not interested in um doing what you know he wants, or you're not interested in getting to know him for him, you might be like, you know what? Let me take a break from this guy, man. Um, you know, an example of that is in if you look at Lamentations 3 verse 44. If you look at the Israelites, right, if you look at what happened to the Israelites, you know, you know, the Syrians raid them, and then and then if you look at after the Syrians raid them, you know, all you know, Nebuchadnezzar runs up and you know runs up in true Judah and raids them as well, right? And you know, the Israelites as a result are scattered throughout the earth. Right? And that's because God was like, you know what, these these kings they're jokers, you know, I, you know, and then God decided to deliver them into the hands of the enemies because he wasn't happy that relationship dynamic anymore. Yeah? So, you know, if you look at Lamentations 3 verse 44, it says, You have covered yourself with a cloud so that no prayer can pass through. Now, I'm not saying that's what's happening, right? But, you know, maybe God's feeling distant because, you know, you're, he's not happy with the current relationship dynamic. Um, And again, remember, feeling distant isn't a real word, isn't a real feeling. So maybe you think God is distant because you know internally um, that, you know, you've been a bad boy or a bad girl. Um, Okay, I know you guys like my examples. Um, So, you know, look at the Israelites. You know, God said, you know what? These guys have continuously, you know, if you look at Chronicles, them kings and Israelites were continuously Messing up, pamming idolatry, pamming murder, committing all sorts of grievous acts, yeah? And God's like, you know what? I'm gonna get him on the delivery to the pagans, yeah? Uh, another example of that is with the story of Samson, quite similar to Saul, but the difference is initially, Samson, you yeah, remember, Samson, Samson's a, wom- a womanizer, he's a gallus, yeah? He's pamming girls left, right, center, right? Um... And as a result of that, he gets the pagan girl to cut his hair, right? And that's what happens, and he gets delivered to the land of Philistines. But if you notice, before he dies, he repents, right? And the God spirit comes back to him, and then he's able to kill all of his enemies. More enemies on that day than he has killed in his previous years altogether, right? Um. So you know, God wasn't happy with his dynamic, so God's spirit left of him, left him because Samson, you know. Decided to um, um, take a wife as the enemy, and God wasn't happy with that. And he was a womanizer, so God's spirit left him because God wasn't happy with the relationship dynamic. Yeah, but then when Samson repents, we see that God's spirit comes back and delivers his enemies into his hands. So again, not all is lost if, you, if, the, if the current relationship dynamic isn't great. Um, but you know, you got to repent, right? Don't get me wrong, God can still bless you if he's not happy with you. How many times did he bless the Israelites if he wasn't happy with them? Yeah? You know, God can still bless you even if he's not happy with you because he's full of grace. But you shouldn't mistake, again, his presence for his presence. So just because he's blessing you, doesn't mean you are at right standing with God. and doesn't mean he's actually near you. Yeah? So just bear that in mind. Number three, the enemy is actively working against you. Yeah? And there's a battle going on. So sometimes... God's full distant or sometimes you, you don't hear from God because the enemy is blocking that progress or the enemy is blocking your prayer from being heard or the enemy is blocking your answer coming back to you, right? And a great example of this is in Daniel chapter 10. Okay, so in Daniel, Daniel, Daniel chapter 10, um, in verse 2 it says, In those days I, Daniel, had been mourning for three entire weeks, I ate no tasty food, nor did any meat or wine enter my mouth, and I did not anoint or refresh or groom myself at all for three for full for for the full three weeks. Right, and then on the twenty-fourth day of the first month, um, he raised his eyes and looked, and behold, there was a certain man dressed in linen, whose loins were girded with a belt of pure gold of upaz. Yep, yeah. so Daniel sees an angel verse 11 it says "O Daniel you highly regarded and greatly beloved man right and then the verse you know and it carries on and then he goes in verse 12 he said you know do not be afraid Daniel so that the angel said to Daniel do not be afraid Daniel for from the, for from the first day that you set your heart on understanding this and on humbling yourself before your God your words were heard and I have come in response to your words but the prince of the kingdom of Persia was standing in a position to me for 21 days then behold Michael one of the chief um, of the celestial princes came to help me for I had been left there with the kings of Persia now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the later days for the vision is in regard to the days yet to come so uh, I don't want to go through all of that Uh, I'll put the scripture there in the end but essentially um, Daniel is in persia he's one of the exiles of judah so remember i mentioned before that nebuchadnezzar and their man um ran up ran up in um in judah and dist- you know you know destroyed israel and destroyed judah and you know and then um they choose some of the finest men from judah to come and serve in the king's palace um in um, nebuchadnezzar's camp and then nebuchadnezzar dies his son dies and then um skip a few more years and now we have Cyrus, it's king of Persia, right, and Daniel's serving underneath his camp and Daniel's praying to God saying, you know, God, you know, where, you know remember Israelites have been scattered all over the earth, they've been persecuted and they're, you know, not slaves but, you know, they've been taken hostage by the Persians now. And Daniel praying to God, asking for clarity, saying what's going to happen, when is, it, when is this going to stop, when is this going to change, so he's, he's been fasting for three weeks, praying to God, asking for clarity, and he's not hearing anything, right, so you know, how many, how many times are we in a situation, where we're praying, we're pamming fast, we're praying prayer, and you know, God hasn't, you know, we're not hearing anything, and it even says, hey, this guy didn't bath, I mean, boy oh boy, he didn't bath for three weeks, yeah, okay, cool. And if you look at what it says here, that it goes, on the 24th day, so three days after the three weeks, an angel appeared to him, saying to him, in verse 12, that from the first day, right, his, his words were heard. Right? right? So God heard his prayer on the first day, right, and told the angel to go and talk to him on day one. But the angel that comes to him, right, 21 days later. Right? And that's because it says the prince and the prince of the kingdom of Persia was standing in a position to him for twenty-one days. So what that means is the enemy was stopping Daniel from getting answers for twenty-one days. So a lot of the time, you know, when God appears to be distant, he's not distant at all. He's answered your prayer on day one, but the devil is actively working against you. From getting your answer, right, and you know that's powerful because it shows that God loves God does love us, but you know again we, we, you know there is a spiritual aspect of things, yeah. And again, I'm not going to get too technical. Um, I you know it wasn't as if God wasn't happy with this Daniel, right? You know it says in verse, um, it says in verse 11, O Daniel, you highly regarded and greatly beloved man, yeah, so. You know, that's a guy who had ratings. He had stripes all over the earth and in heavens. You know, angels are saying to him, "What, well, bro? You know, you are highly regarded, man. You got, you got rapport. You know, you're unquarred. We know you're unquarred. You're, 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 you know, you're elite." Yeah, and um, there's a lot of um, discussions as to which angel this was. Um, in my footnotes here in the Bible, I'm using the AMP version. You know, I'm, you know, I'm old school. Um, it says here that uh, the angel is most likely Gabriel because Gabriel was the heavenly. Um, being who was sent to Daniel on previous occasions, multiple times. So, Angel Gabriel was saying to him that he he was sent on day one, but it took him X amount of days to get to Daniel, three weeks later to get to Daniel, because um, the enemy was blocking him. Right? And then eventually says that, you know, Michael came to help him, Angel Michael came to help him. Right? So... If you look at Daniel's attitude, what's our attitude like when we're still waiting for for breakthrough? Do we become despondent? Do we go for a drink? Or do we keep praying and fasting? Um, You know. um, And you see Daniel keeps praying. And you know, the question is, if he stopped praying, would Gabriel come to him? Who knows? I don't want to speculate on that. Um, If he stopped praying, would Gabriel come to him? Or, you know, if he started to... Doubt God would would Gabriel have come to him, or you know, and I guess there's a fine line because you don't want to keep praying for something because you know it might come across as unbelief, right? Um, but I guess I guess you, you can keep praying until you feel a release, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you can see here that God is God isn't unhappy with Daniel. God's very happy with Daniel, and because it says that Daniel was someone who is highly regarded and greatly beloved. Yeah. So again, you have to bear in mind, you know, as it says in you know in, in um in as it says in one Peter five verse eight, you know, the devil's walking around like a roaring lion seeking people to devour. So we have to bear in mind here that we have an enemy who's against us. And sometimes that's the reason why our prayers may take longer to get heard or you know that's why sometimes God might feel distant because there's a battle still going on remember I spoke about God being a champion cool so those are three reasons why uh, God uh, sometimes is distant or feels distant uh, number one is that he's improving your character uh, number two he's not happy with you or your current dynamic and number three that the enemy is actively working against you and there's a battle going on uh, another example of that battle going on is Job um, so some action items quickly before we look we go Uh, number one improving your character maybe you're someone whose emotions led sometimes God maybe sometimes God isn't even improving your character he's he's there but because you need that constant feeling you assume he's not there and maybe that's a question of whether you have whether you truly have faith or not sometimes you need to know that actually your prayers are being answered even if you don't feel anything emotionally just know that, you know, as the Bible says in Jeremiah, if you search for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Sometimes you need to know that God's happy with you. Uh, I remember one pastor came to my church a long time ago and said, prayer is like green screen where you're an actor, where, you know, where you're an actor, you're acting everything, but only to you see the movie put together do you see what your action does right like that kind of prayer and be prayer being green screen you have to pray you're praying something but you don't really see the results because everything happens in the spiritual realm right and so you need to have faith that your prayers are being answered um, It's sort of relying on feelings you're not always going to feel excited after worship you know this morning for example when i did my worship um this afternoon so when i did my worship i didn't feel ecstatic But I still do what I have to do. You know, you're not always gonna feel jumpy, jumpy, and that's fine. Um, What isn't fine is when you're using your emotions as a signal of whether things are right or wrong, because you know, faith trumps your emotions. Okay, and also, where is he um, building your character? You know, what character flaws do you have that he, he that he's working on? So you know, start to maybe identify parts of your of your life where you know you're not getting the answers you want immediately, and maybe that's because God's teaching you about patience, God's teaching you about your character. Um, number two is not, ha- not happy with you or you, the you current dynamic. Uh, what's your current dynamic with God like? Um, have you been a bad boy? You've been sinning? Um, maybe you've got to start repenting and working back towards that grace. And number three, the enemy is actively, actively working against you. Uh, so the best solution for this is to continue being in your word, continue praying, and also surround yourself with people who will pray for you as well. You know, look at that. You know, Gabriel needed help from Michael. So even angels need help sometimes. Yeah? Um, so if angels need help, then I guess we need help if when we're, you know, we're on earth. So maybe surround yourself with people who will help you pray with and pray for you. Right? You know, where two or three are gathered, you know, God's there in our midst. Um, so... Those are my three reasons. Those are my three um, reasons as to something why God feels distant. Sometimes distance from God doesn't happen like a Big Bang. It's not like one astronomical event. Sometimes it happens in increments. You don't pray this day. Uh, you don't pray that day. Um, you know, a few weeks in a row you are not praying now. And before you know it, you've fallen off. And that's how easy it is to slip up. Um, but we just need to repent and get back to it. And uh, so what I do now is even if I mess up, Uh, that next day, I'm like to God, I I wholeheartedly, beg for forgiveness, and I tell God, so I'm going to do moving forward, to make, to make, to not repeat these mistakes again, and go through it, again, we're going to slip up, um, but, that's just a blueprint we can use, okay, cool, so thanks for tuning in, uh, let me know your thoughts, um, let me know which parts you agree or disagree on, again, please subscribe, share, uh, leave a review please, and, and, um, you know, hit me up if you want to be a guest, or hit me up if you want to talk in general. Uh, follow the podcast at After God's Own Pod on Instagram, Twitter, um, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Follow me on Twitter, at Irayliwa, which is I R A Y L I W A, and follow me on Instagram at Iray.A-E which is I-R-E dot A-E. Thank you for tuning on and see you next week.